0: Hello and welcome to Scaredy Boys, a podcast where three cowardly friends discuss horror movies. I'm Damien. I'm Sean. And I'm Tom. And for this bonus episode, we're going to answer some scary questions. So, just for our listeners, to give you a bit of context uh, for this episode, we put a call out through Discord and Twitter and email a few weeks ago, asking people to send us some questions. Uh, And we got some Ripper ones. We actually got a lot of them. So many, in fact, that I don't think we're going to be able to answer all of them in this single episode. So, we'll probably do another one at some point. But in the meantime, we've just sort of randomly selected a bunch uh, and we'll be answering them throughout this episode. Are you boys ready to answer some questions? You're excited? Well, so, I was excited.
1: But then you've told me that they're scary questions. And I'm pretty sure I know what the questions are, but right.
2: I'm on edge. Okay. Can'ts. I thought it was going to be like, what's my favorite Paddington scene and things
1: like that. <laughs> yeah. And are you? would you say from the opening shot until the final credits? <laughs> yeah,
2: definitely. I thought question two was going to be, how high did the bus
0: jump in speed? Things like that. You know? <laughs> All right, well, let's jump in. So question number one uh, comes from Jacob via email. And he he actually sent us this this great email. I'll read out part of it. Uh, And so he said he recently came across a great quote about horror and thought it was interesting. It basically said that horror is a device that makes you want to look away while terror becomes a thing you can't look away from. So given this, his question is if we've seen any movies or fiction which have hit a level of I simply cannot look away. And then the follow-up to that is and if terror should even be a genre in itself. Good question.
2: Uh, On the genre question... Mm. um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it could. There's so many subgenres. Um, yeah, yeah. Horror is really tricky. Like we have yeah. talked about how horror and thriller are basically the same thing, at least for us because we're yep. cowards. Yep. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Separating horror and terror, I don't know. I think you just get too I, too finicky I, I in think the that's end. like
1: like I think I, I like I, I get the point of them having two separate kind of things that they do, but I think they're they're part of it. It's mm. like separating slapstick and other forms of comedy as being like this is a slapstick movie. It's like Comedy is a broad thing. There are yeah, lots of little yeah. things in there. And I think terror is yep. a device, mm. not not a device, like a part of, like the name is horror. Horror is also an aspect of horror, mm. as is terror, as is dread, as is tension and all these other little things. Yes. Right.
0: So, if you were to categorize it, it would almost be a subsection of horror. Yeah. That,
1: yeah, yeah. I yeah
0: I think I it's think an so. element of it.
2: I think, yeah, I think that already exists. Like, mm. I,
0: I'll use one that's red hot for
2: us on this show, which is The Wailing, mm. um, which I think is terror. Yes. Yep. That that very much had that quality of um, I can't look away mm. because the tension and, and the craft that went into it. Whereas something... Um, I mean, the example I think of is something like Hostel or something like that. Right. Ones that we're not probably likely to do <laughs> on this show just because they're just like sort of yuck torture porn yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's what... I, yeah. That would be horror. And then terror would be things like The Wailing mm-hmm. and uh,
0: The Shining
2: and Color Out of Space. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. I also had... Um So, for if there was any movies of fiction which had a level level of, I simply cannot look away. The early scene in Us, when the family first comes to the house. Yeah. Which was the scariest part of the film, probably the most terrorizing part of the film. And that was how I felt. I'm like, I really want- Like, that was me watching it through my fingers. But I also wasn't going to close my fingers and stop watching. I had to keep watching. As soon as she spoke, I could not- look away, I had to find out what was going to happen next, yeah. Yeah. Um, even though it was making me sick to my stomach. So, I think, yeah, something like that is a good example of, of terror, but obviously, you're still going to class that as a horror movie, I suppose, at the end of the day. Mm. Yeah. See, with with
2: terror, I'd also sort of link it with dread because when the tension just yeah.
0: stretches out to
2: unbelievable levels and it's just this growing sense of dread, that's when I find I I, I want to look away from the screen because I need a break from it, but you can't mm-hmm. because you're just so engaged by
1: it. But I think I think the reason that it's also not a genre on its own is you do need the horror moment. So you need the terror, the dread, the building, 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 but you need something to break it, because otherwise, even if it's just a little break, to just to reset it, because otherwise you get to a point where you don't care anymore. Yep. Yeah, Because okay. like, your body can only be tense for so long, and I think you need. it doesn't even need to be a jump scare. Mm. It could just be a reveal of something... A, a moment, something just to give you a, a quick breath, and then you're underwater again. Yep. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It
2: can even just be pulling back to a wide shot or something. You know what I mean? Yep. Just to establish the right, space right. again.
1: I think, I think another really good example of that. So, like, like you, just, you can't look away. For me, mm. is the Invisible Man. Mm, just the, yeah. the opening sequence. You're like, I, I don't want to watch this. I, I'm looking because you're also looking. Yeah, for where something could be constantly in that movie, but you're like, I don't want to look Mm -hmm. because what if I see it? Yes, (laughs) yeah,
0: (laughs) for sure. Oh, that leads us nicely to our second question, which comes from Hazard Sparks, who sent this via Discord, which is, what is the perfect number of jump scares in a horror film? Nah, probably zero. Yeah, cool. Oh,
2: good. We're in agreement. There, maybe three. Ah, too many. Okay. (laughs) Well, hey mate, if it's up to me.
1: None. None ever. Yeah. Jump scares
2: shouldn't <laughs> yeah. exist. What are they? They shouldn't.
0: What?
1: <laughs> but I, I will also say that like you do need them. You do. Like as stupid as that is, and I hate them and I want to kill them when they're in movies, but you, you need them. Yeah. yeah For yeah. the reason you
0: said before, Tom, that's why you need yeah. them.
1: Even things we've loved, like Doctor Sleep has a few jump scare right.
0: moments. And you need those bits. Yes. You need them to happen. Yeah. yeah. To me it's all about the pacing and keeping those fear levels up. Uh, which in some ways I think a jump scare can actually spoil so we're talking about dread we're talking about being terrified and that prolonged drawing out of something awful happening which basically it ends usually it can quite off it can end in a jump scare or can end in just an awful reveal but I think the jump scare if you get to the point where you're begging for a jump scare because you're just like I need this dread to end well that that could be an effective use of a jump scare but if that jump scare comes too early then it actually ruins. to me, far more terrifying dread and and terror that can come from that drawing it out. And so, that's where I think a jump scare can be really effective, is when you're you're actually, if you've drawn your audience in with some interesting plot and they're feeling pretty safe, because obviously for a good movie, you want a decent plot, that's where I think a jump scare is most effective because it's like, oh, we actually need to get into some of the story of this movie, so we're not going to have that long drawn out dread because we're actually giving backstory or character development or what have you. If you throw a jump scare in there, it kind of reminds the audience, don't feel safe during this movie. Even when you think, oh, it's okay. <laughs> We're just getting some backstory. Fuck you. Here's a jump scare. <laughs> so, I, for me, I think, it's, I think it's between one and three. Honestly, I think anything more than that, it's a bit of a crutch. You kind of want quality jump scares over quantity of jump scares. Yeah.
1: But maybe do you need like little jump scares and then big ones?
0: Like, oh, are, that's interesting. Like, yeah,
1: Separate question to this, actually. Are you guys, I know I am. Mm-hmm. But uh, since doing this show and watching more horror, are you guys getting good at picking when they're going to happen? Yeah, but it makes sometimes. it worse. Yeah, yeah. It, it does make it worse. It does. <laughs> like, just little things. Like, even, like, the obvious ones of like, someone closes a cupboard. Mm. The, the old fake-out one. The minute someone does something it's not a jump scare, then they do something else. You're like, well, they, we're going to get it now.
0: Right. It's a delayed jump scare, but it's fucking coming. <laughs>
1: yeah, I've also noticed sometimes music just stops
0: and you don't realise until yeah. just before the jump scare and you're like, oh, it's really fucking
1: quiet. Yeah.
0: Well, another thing that I've, since we've talked about how Flanagan does the draw you in to then give you a jump scare, anytime I find myself getting drawn in, I'm like, oh, fuck me. It's got to happen. So you can't trust it. You can't trust movies anymore. <laughs> yeah, it was no a safe way.
2: place for us, boys. No longer. <laughs>
1: it's good. Silver screen is our enemy now. <laughs> it was our friend for so many years. Yeah, I think, look, I, I think, yeah, you, you don't want to do too many big ones mm. because then you, you're, you're blowing your load, so to speak. But I think <laughs> having yeah. having it, if you have like three big ones and then like maybe a dozen little ones just scattered mm. throughout, just little like doom noises, yeah. Door yeah, right. Here's some tension. It's
2: all rhythm. Yeah, it's all rhythm, isn't yeah. it? It's kind of like when you when you're reading a book, you don't want every sentence to be the exact same mm. length. You need to have variations. Yes. Yeah, great. And that's the same with jump scares. I guess it entirely depends on what the story yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. We've watched stuff that's like it warrants having. Like probably fifteen different jump yeah. scares, but that's just because of what the story right. was. Whereas other things can get away with just having one, and it's an absolute crack sure. Up. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And I yeah. think that's the thing. If you're, if you're, look, if you, they're asking this from a writing point of view. I would say it's like any any element within your writing. If you're putting it in there, know why you're putting it in there, and have make it have a function. Don't just do it because you're like, oh, I could throw one in here. Know why you're doing it. Yeah, that's good. Talking about it from a writing point of view, um, our man
2: on Twitter Cargill. Yeah. He he talks about when you're writing a horror screenplay, you've got to have something scary happening happening every ten pages. Yeah, I like that. So whether that is a jump scare or something legitimately more frightening, mm. yeah, that's something to think about.
1: I I also think you can you can not have to do it as well effectively. Like I'm now trying to think of examples, and I think the best one is that first twenty minutes of ghost stories mm. that we watched. That build up, the final reveal isn't a jump scare. Yeah, it's yeah. not like a quick flash. It's just. The girl slowly turns around and then walks towards him and then reaches out and touches his mm-hmm. face. All the jump scares happen earlier, mm. and they're nothing. Yeah, yeah. And then the actual reveal of the horror is not a jump scare at all. It's just slow. Here you are, yeah. cop it. So yeah, I guess yeah. You can you can play with them. Like absolutely, you can t- play with them. And good directors do and good writers do. And I think I think shit films do too many and. Yep. Sh- do like they're a crutch. Do them back to back mm-hmm. in a, in, a, in a really obvious way, Um and by the time then the fifth ones happened in the space of fifteen minutes, you're like, oh, I don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. One of you guys,
2: one of you guys said it best when you're like, jump scares are you know they scare you, but they don't stay with yeah. you in the same way that like you know remember the descent when you just get that long shot of the of like mm. a tunnel in the cave and there's just the creature yeah. at the end of it. It's not a jump scare. It's just standing
0: there, yeah, horrifying, and you'll remember it forever. Yeah, yeah. great call. Yeah, all right. Thanks for reminding me about that, Sean. <laughs> no problem, <mate. laughs> uh, Our next question is from a literal soy boy via Discord, and they ask, what scary film would you inflict on others if given absolute power?
2: Uh, I don't have the vindictive horror bone in my body <laughs> to really to hurt you guys. Sorry, was it inflict on others? Oh, I assumed it was inflict on you two.
1: Sorry. <laughs> Boys, we know my answer for this question if I have to inflict it on both yeah. of you. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah, I'm making you watch... Midsummer. Yep. Or, yeah. Or I reckon you could do Midsummer now, boys. No, no I don't want to hear it, Tom. Tom. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. The question wasn't, what could the boys handle? <laughs> there's
2: none of that. Um, I would probably pick, if I had to, and I'm sorry to do this, I'd pick a movie called Bone Tomahawk, oh, which yeah. um, Tom Walker came on and mentioned. It is disturbing, like unbelievably. Yeah. It's not even billed as a horror movie. It's sneaky and it's bullshit, and I hate it. Um, so I'd probably just say that just so someone else in the world
0: can also suffer. this. <laughs> well, my my answer, my answer, I've, I've, because all the horror movies I've watched, we've talked about on this podcast because I basically hadn't watched horror before this podcast. So I pulled from our, our list and I'm like, what movie would I most want other people to experience just for the experience? And so I've gone with Dreamcatcher because <laughs> I want everyone to experience that wild, coked up film. I, I generally like it was such a... Such a bizarre experience watching that film that was still weirdly enjoyable that I want others to experience it just so I can talk to them about it. So I can have this discussion. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So
2: that's how I feel about Bram Stoker's Dracula, which I'm going to make you guys watch because I just think it's so unbelievably cooked. There's just so much wild (laughs) shit happening in that. I think everyone's got
0: to watch it and experience it. Right. All right, so our next question comes from Chris Pike, who is also comes from our Discord. And he asks, or she asks, uh, considering how important music is in horror films, which horror movie with an amazing musical score do you think would be scariest if all the music was taken out?
2: That's a tricky one.
0: I'm, this is going to sound really stupid. And because we were talking about these
1: questions before we recorded, mm. and I did think about this. And the answer is none of them. <laughs> I just don't think you can have... Like, you watch a scary scene in a movie and hit mute. Mm.
2: Yeah, you're right, Tom. Sound design is so much more important than music in a horror mm. film, I think, particularly. Host. Host is the best example. There's no music in that movie and it's scary as fuck.
1: Yeah. Oh, actually, yeah, no, that's true. I guess you've made the point, the counterpoint to what I was about to make. So, you know what? It's host.
2: The answer's host. Mm.
1: No, no, but Tom, you're, no, no,
2: you're making mm. the right point. Oh. It's just that mu- a music score is not essential to a scary horror movie, true sound design. Mm. is. If you were to mute host, it wouldn't be a problem. I reckon you could watch it and just be like, what? "Yeah, what? It's okay, a bit what's going on there?"
0: It wouldn't matter. That's the sound. Let's up this question: What mute? What is there a horror movie if you watched it on mute would still scare the shit out of you? Oh. all right. I've got an I've got an answer. Mostly because it's it's just kind of gross, and that was Evil Dead, where every kind of set piece was designed to be scary. It wasn't It wasn't the sound like the from the vines to the girl when she gets possessed to her under the under the um, under the house to the the area under the house to the vomiting to the stabbing with the the glass like every little element of it was just gross and scary and it probably does- I haven't watched it on mute but it probably doesn't need sound to still get that effect on me I think that's a good one no, I that's reckon. that's pretty good I, I I I think I approached the question incorrectly and was like well just.
1: I assume that the movies were just muted (laughs) (laughs) Rather than taking the music out But I think Host is a good example of that I think I will say that Having watched that Evil Dead a few times And the original Evil Dead Mm. The sound that the I think sounds important Just to the fact that the music and noise that play When the spirit's coming through the forest Towards the house every time Right It's an awful sound That's very true
0: That, That is very effective So you're not wrong there Yeah
1: But the gore stuff you can probably watch without music, and it mm. still would. Fuck I think
0: you. the Evil Dead with with the sound
2: on, with the sound effects and, and everything, yep. but just removed of the actual music score, mm. probably be more scary because there are moments in that where the score's really loud mm. and overbearing, and if you remove that, all you've got is the sound of just like someone being stabbed in the eye and stuff like that. It's like it would probably, it might be more disturbing because mm. it takes that level of like. The the theatrics away from it And it
0: probably feels more real Yeah, see that's a really interesting point Because obviously there are times where the score uh, Sort of primes you to be scared But then also, if if you watch enough horror movies You're like, oh, I've noticed the score I guess I should be scared now If you remove that and it comes at you You might not be as ready for it Yeah, a
2: score kind of makes you feel like Oh yes, it's like No matter how scared I get, it's still a movie production Right it's still a show, you know what I mean? Whereas if you take that out, it's like, am I watching a documentary? This is fucked.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean, the other perfect example, like we're literally talking about how oh, I've made this big, bold mm. call. It's like, oh, you got to have music in it. Our first episode <laughs> is the Blair Witch oh, yeah, Project. Cool. No I would music argue The
2: Descent. The Descent would still be terrifying <laughs> yeah. without a music score because then you're just hearing probably more of the, the cave sounds. Oh, yeah, and the, yeah, the yeah. creatures. It's all about setting, I think. Yeah. yeah, Something like The Shining probably loses its impact mm-hmm. yeah. without music Just because it's set in
0: that enormous hotel And it's sort of like grand and sweeping yeah. So yeah,
2: it depends on the film
0: Yeah, yeah. good call Alright, well, while we're on sound uh, Matthew via Twitter, has a, he said I watched It Follows with my fantastic stereo system before I sold it And it has super low tones throughout the film That I'm sure you couldn't appreciate if you were watching it on a laptop So his question is What are our setups and how is the best way to watch horror? I'm um, Connie. I'm going to pass this straight to you, boy, cuz you're all about the stereo. Yeah, okay. And we watch most of our movies with you when we are in um, lockdown. And we watch most of our movies with you. So tell us tell us about your setup.
2: Yeah, cool, cool, cool. So I have an I have an amp um and I have uh well, it it actually isn't even 5.1. Mm. I set up 5.1, but then the, the guy I bought it off was like, I need to downgrade because it's too powerful. And I found a similar thing. So I, I just use a center speaker and two big towers on each side. Mm-hmm. So you still sort of get that... Uh, it's not complete 360 surround, but it's enough. Like when... I think when we watched in the tall grass, it's like you could hear something rustling there and then it was over on the right-hand right. side. So,
0: it's creepy. It's a
2: creepy effect. It, you're
0: feeling like you're in the space. Yeah. Kind of like yeah. I, I do find that. And even at your house, I think, Tom, you had some speakers behind us. Is that yeah. right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a new setup. Um, and that is, I cannot take any responsibility for that. <laughs> that's all on, on the girlfriend who owns that setup. Um, and we, we utilize it to awful effect awful. with yeah. all the well, scary shit. Tom, I, I put to this to watch. you then
2: since you've got the surround sound. <laughs> system it it's at its most powerful in horror films i feel because you watch an action movie and eventually you just sort of get sort of overwhelmed yeah. by gunshots and all that it's, it's just chaos but mm. i think specific sound design for horror films really utilizes creeping all around you if it's well done yeah and so yeah if you have the option of having that set up not everyone can do that not everyone has the space to sort of set sure. that up or the money to do it or blah blah, all that sort of stuff hmm. but um it definitely helps particularly with horror because like we've just said before if you were to turn the volume down on a horror it loses a lot of the scare factor yeah yeah um, but if you have to watch it on a computer as well that's all right as long as you if you're wearing headphones it's all right because a lot of headphones have good sound yeah, quality yeah that's a good call i watch i watch movies with my headphones in sometimes
1: yeah i've i've played a lot of video games with the headphones oh yeah that's around bad and they're great because you get yeah. the full yeah Sound and it's spooky, so I try to refrain from watching scary movies with my headphones. I, as a joke, someone was like, "You should watch Host on your laptop with your headphones." And I was like, "You should get." Well, then
0: I think we've also found a nice little trick for scaredy boys such as ourselves. If you want to dilute some of the fear, watch it on a laptop without headphones, so it takes all those low notes out. Yeah, absolutely. All uh, right. This next question come. We actually had a few similar questions. So we had one from I think Annie or Any Parrot via Discord and Sudabui twenty eight also via Discord. And uh, basically they're asking for each of us, what is scarier in terms of horror? Is it something like a supernatural entity? Is it a creature movie? Is it a slasher? Is it a force of nature? What is it that scares each of us individually the most out of the various sort of genres of horror?
2: I go Supernatural, I think. I was thinking about this today and yep. just in light of having watched Colour Out of Space with the Lovecraftian sort of sure. disgusting creature elements. <laughs> um, I guess that kind of plays into creature as well, a bit of a hybrid. True. But yeah, just thinking about um, you know some of Mike Flanagan's stuff with ghosts mm. and the Supernatural, that's what I find to be the scariest. But then like- <laughs> Well, we're scaredy boys. We're afraid of all of it because <laughs> yeah, I was going to say everything. Like slasher sort of applies to the strangers, which is a very realistic, real world thing, yeah. which we should all be terrified of. And then, um, what was one of the other suggestions? Was it force of nature? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't think about
0: that until I saw this. It's a really good question. Mm. Like, that should be a factor as well. That should be almost most terrifying because it could happen. Like, we live in Australia. <laughs> yeah. Like, the country hates yeah, it. Yeah, the wind. Fuck, I hate it.
2: <laughs> We've been camping and hiking and things of that nature. So, like, these things could happen. So, that should be a great fear as well.
1: But I think it's ghosts. I'm, yeah. I'm with you, Sean. I, I Supernatural stuff, there's part of it that, like, just fucks me up because I'm like, well, mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. Yeah. I don't yep. fucking know. Like, I, in, there's a part of me that is like, look, if a dude came at me with a knife, I might, like, there's- I maybe got a little bit more of a chance of taking that guy down. Big chance, Tom.
2: You're a unit. You can take it down. (laughs) It's like when we did (laughs) The Strangers. We just got to stand huddled in the room and just go crazy.
0: We can do it. You can't do that with a ghost. That's it. How do I fight the devil? I can't punch the devil. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No. (laughs) <laughs> I yeah, look for me it's the same. I I, I came up with supernatural as well. I think part of it is the first ever proper horror movie I watched was The Ring, which is obviously very supernatural. Yeah. Um but I think it's what you're saying, Tom. It's the if it's it's supernatural if I don't know the rules. That's what it is. It's the helplessness of that situation. It terrifies me more than anything. Like House Intruders is terrifying, but like you say, you could throw a punch, you could maybe maybe land something. If there's some ghost haunting me and I don't even fucking know why or how to get rid of it then no, there's nothing I can do. And I'm fucked. And that's, that terrifies me that I've got so little control over my own mortality in that moment. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Right. This next one comes via Discord, uh, a guy called Joel Dusha. He asks, why will not you watch anything I recommend? Because you're a dog, Joel. <laughs> your, only, your only intention is to hurt us and scar
2: us forever.
1: <laughs> the fact that Evil Dead was the most palatable option out of the list of options that he gave us. Although we should get him back on this year sometime.
2: Well, we have to because we have pledged to be more scared. Yeah. So um, he's yeah. the man. He's the go-to. <laughs> he's he's the on man. speed dial.
0: He's the go-to guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Joel, we will be watching more movies that you recommend and we're going to hate you and them for it. So. <laughs> One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice
1: dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt.
0: Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. FlushCare.com/slash/weight loss. <laughs> All right, this is almost a reverse of, a, of the question we had before the JD question. So, Carl Twitter asks: Is there a subgenre of horror, uh, so as in slash or supernatural, etc., that you've come to enjoy the most?
1: This is going to sound real bad and dumb,
0: boys, mm. but it's supernatural
1: again. Yeah, no, I, I agree, <laughs> Tom. Yes. I agree.
2: That's what I had. Because also, I found them. I found them to be. I've got the most out of those movies. Yeah, right. And so I've tried to put my fear to the side and be like, well they were just great films. Yeah. yeah. So it's probably that. They're the ones who Yeah,
1: the strike rate for them is really good. If yes. if I have to Unless they're mirrors. Yeah, unless they're mirrors in which case. <laughs> yeah. If if I have to tweak it a little bit and go like a genre. I do love a good horror comedy. So like a ready or not, sure. that kind of stuff. Oh, Scream. Yeah. Even elements yep. of Nightmare on Elm Street. Like that yep. kind of absurdity fun stuff is really good. But yeah, it's the supernatural stuff. Like yeah. it is the scariest, but also I love I love learning about the rules and the law yes. and the, how this thing comes to exist and then how do you deal with that and yeah, why yeah. Is yeah. It? Like, the whole concept of um, the thing that follows them and it follows is fucking great. Like, yeah. that is just a great idea that there's just a thing. You don't know what it is. It can look like anyone and it will just... Come for you. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's just, that, that's terrifying and I hate it and I mm. don't want that in my life. <laughs> so, I'm considering celibacy, but also, <laughs> it's compelling and interesting. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, that, look, that's exactly what I had. It's always, I said before, supernatural without rules terrifies me the most. Supernatural with rules, that fucking rocks. That's my jam. Because it becomes uh, in part a mystery it means that there's a solution if you're smart enough and brave enough and and sort of wily enough to survive the day and often especially if it's like and you become a team i like that always if there's a supernatural entity there is a solution there is rules and it means you, everyone banding together to to figure out the rules fuck i'm in board i'm on board with that it's like yeah. um uh stranger things that's pretty much every stranger things season is that different people have different parts of the answer, and when they all come together, they can solve the puzzle and save the day. Fuck, I'm there for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
2: yep. recommend movies like that to us,
0: please. They'll be tops. Absolutely, frigging love yep. it. Uh, and there was a second part to that question, which is: Are there any sort of films or genres or subgenres, I guess, that will that land on our will never watch list? Apart from obviously Hereditary and Midsummer.
2: Like I don't to rule them out because I don't know. Maybe a guest will want to mm. do them, or we'll go crazy and do them, but. Th- like the sort of like the Eli Roth stuff, I guess, like yeah. the torture porn yeah. stuff. That's like just absolutely without hope. Yes, that, that they're just stories so, I'm not interested in.
1: Yeah, hostels not a thing that I ever really care want to watch. It's no. just mm-hmm. like gore for the sake of gore, and yeah. I don't care. Yeah, like that's that's that'll be the thing. We'll we'll get we'll watch that, and it'll be gross and horrific. But it'll probably get like one or two yeah. stars from me because. Yeah. I don't care about mm. anything in there. I think we should do... I think that's that's the line.
2: I think we should do Saw, just you know, mainly because it's the Aussie boys who made oh, yeah. it. Um, but I have no interest in doing like Saw 2, 3, 4, 5, because like, nah, I just know that it will descend into just disgusting yeah. shit,
1: basically. Yeah. I-, I think the first few Saw's are good because there's still a mystery element to it. It's still about a serial mm. killer who does these things. Whereas, yeah, some of those other bleaker sort of, you know, things like... Like, the hills have eyes. I have no interest in that.
0: Yeah. The the one for me that I had on my list, which is exactly what you're talking about, Human Centipede. I have zero interest in watching Human yeah. Centipede. Oh, yeah. <sighs> well. No, Tom. No, no, no. No, I'm like, no interest. Oh, no, like, I could. The concept, could, you're, could, you're like, yeah. oh, that's pretty fucked. That's pretty twisted. There's something, like, weirdly curious about that. But do I want to sit down and watch 90 minutes of it? Fuck no.
2: No. No.
0: The best part of human centipede is the story about how the director mm. has a
1: friend who is a surgeon and while he was writing this movie, he wanted to put on the poster medically accurate. <laughs> so he rang this surgeon, was like, Hey, is this is this could you do this? The guy's like, Why would you want to? He's like, I don't know. That's <laughs> don't not know. what I'm asking you. <laughs> could you do this? Imagine getting because that phone call. The surgeon oh was like <laughs> Yeah. Right, he's like, look, technically, like, yeah, scientifically and medically, you could do this,
0: and he's like, thank you so much. So then he could put medically accurate on Jesus the poster. <laughs> so next question comes from Tanil Marie via Discord, and they ask, what would be the worst horror villain Tom could betray you with? Tom, did you I- want to take this one? <laughs> Surely it's any of them. Actually, it's probably one where I get fucked over as well. Where it's
1: like, I. I, like, think that if I do this, that I'll be rewarded. So, it's probably, like, what, like... And honestly, it's probably something like Blair Witch, right? Yeah, but why would that like, be
2: worst for Damo and I? Because you've betrayed us, so... Yeah. Oh, no, so, yeah, so you get fucked over, so you suffer. Yeah, no, that's good. We would like that. Well, no, because all three of us would get fucked over in that scenario. But we don't care. You've betrayed us. Yeah, we're going to <laughs> anyway because you're a traitor. So, we want you right. to cop Yeah, no, exactly. Well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I thought any of them, but I thought maybe... Uh, I thought like maybe it would be bad if you picked like Freddy Krueger, okay? Because then I wouldn't be angry at you. I'd just be disappointed (laughs) because he's someone that we could overcome if we work together. Yeah, if we work together as a unit, we can beat him easy. So if you betrayed us for him, that would just be very disappointing.
1: Do you know what I think? I think one of the ones that should make you both upset is Mm -hmm. if I if. I went if I turned up with Jennifer from Jennifer's body because that's <laughs> <Yeah>. avoidable. <laughs> that's just you being horny, yeah. Okay, that's just that's all on me, and I've just I've broken the rules. Yeah, crime of passion, crime yeah. of passion. So that yeah. would also be bad because again, I would die too.
2: So, <laughs> so it'd be for nothing.
1: Yeah. I would have betrayed my friends for nothing. Yeah,
0: yeah. that's the moral. Don't betray your friends. All right, we had another one where a few people um, sort of asked a similar question. So Sean has two hats uh, on Discord, and then Mac Rabbit, Macaroni Prince, also on Discord, asked similar questions. Which is, what is your favorite scary scene from a non horror from a non scary film, and what's the most heartwarming scene in a horror film? Let's start with the scariest film in a non horror, scariest scene in a non horror film. This is easy. Um, it is the
1: scene behind the diner from Mulholland Drive. Ooh. Uh, okay, I haven't seen that.
0: I didn't have one for
2: this. Because I just thought, if I'm scared, then it's a horror film.
1: <laughs> okay, well, Mulholland Drive—you could say, argue yeah. in a weird way is a horror film. But there's yeah, there's just one scene in Mulholland Drive where this guy talks about he has this nightmare, where he's at this diner, at the Wendy's, and there's a there's a there's a monster at the back of the Wendy's, and you're like, okay, and he's freaking out. So his friends like, we'll just go have a look, and boys, there's a monster behind the Wendy's. Uh, yeah, no, and it 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 is to this day, my heart goes fast. Mm. Tom, this
2: is interesting because, like, I reckon at least five people in my life, in recent years, have mentioned that one. Just like out of nowhere, it just comes up as like the scariest scene they've ever seen and stuff like that.
1: Well, I think because it, because it is out of nowhere because Mulholland Drive is it's weird and it's Lynchy, so there's a bit of weird spooky shit mm-hmm. going on. But really, it's a drama, and you're not expecting. And it not, there's no other moments right. like that in in the film. It's just and it's it's a jump scare too. It's not like a it's it's literally they start off at the top of the car park and the camera just slowly pans towards the back of the the Wendy's with the, the guy talking about the dream that he has, and it takes it takes a long yeah. time and you start you're like where's this going and then bang there it is okay so yeah so it's not a horror film, not really I mean so we don't have to do it for this show um, <laughs> no. when you say it's a monster
2: is it just a man or is it an actual monster
1: eh, eh, hard to tell it's like a creepy
2: gross man monster. Okay.
1: Mm. And now, is it like a close-up of his face? Or yeah, it's just it's just like, it, it's just like it's, it zooms up to the thing, and then his face pops out. Yeah,
2: yeah. Because people tell me it's like a haunting mm. face. It's like a terrifying. It's, face. It, it will never leave you.
1: I'm about haunting. to just Google image search. And just don't, uh, I don't I that, want to see it. No, no, I'm not going to uh, show you, boys. It's okay. Can yeah, I ask also, not, Tom?
0: Is it worse because it's not a horror film? Is it because you're not primed for it? I think so. I, I, having said that, there are
1: scares in in horror films that might have scared me, mm. like scared me more. Than that, like, like there's scenes in other horror movies that we've watched, and some that you haven't watched that yep. I've watched that are that are scary as well. Mm-hmm. But that, I think, yeah, I think it's because you're not like when I watch a horror movie, even though I will be scared in it, I go in going right. I know what's going to happen. Yeah. I'm going to yep. get scared, so I just need to white knuckle through this. Yep. Whereas
0: that, I wasn't, ex- I wasn't expecting that. I'm watching a weird art house David Lynch film. Right, yeah. right. Well, I actually have an answer for this one, which is the. um the lakeside scene in Zodiac. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, see,
2: in my head, Zodiac's a horror film. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I guess... No, I think it is because it has several frightening moments. It does have several frightening yeah, moments. I, I'm going to piggyback on you, Damo, and I'll, <laughs> cool. I'll pick that scene too because that's fucked. Yeah. Uh, utterly fucked. It is
0: utterly fucked. So for those who haven't watched it, uh, I'm going to give spoilers, but if you don't want to watch it because you're scared of it, great. I'll tell you what it is. So, basically, it's this: the, the Zodiac killer has got this couple down by the lakeside and he's telling them in with no emotion whatsoever all these various things to do to tie themselves up, this sort of thing. And then, no matter what they say, no matter what they could have done, he slowly and again, without any seeming even any joy in it, just slaughters them, just cuts their throats. Yep. And it's that, it's that, it's again, the helplessness and the inability to rationalize with this murderer and try to at least sway them to your point of view of, please don't kill me, that haunts me. And a doubly so, because it's based off real events. I, I, I remember watching, because I was watching Zodiac thinking, oh, this is a cool kind of, you know, yeah, it's about a serial killer, but it's like, it's a mystery. And I don't think I even realized that, that they don't figure out who the fuck it was, as much as you get an idea of who it might be. And so then that, that makes scene it it worse doesn't it It made it worse and then so that scene came out of kind of nowhere for me personally as in what, I, what my expectations of the film were and never left me that was what I was thinking about that night it's probably what I thought about a lot of nights because it's fucking awful and it's 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 because
2: he's so calm mm. and also the fact that it's just in in broad daylight, yep. Damo. I think there was a scene in the film that gets me worse, and that's the one in the basement. Oh, yeah. Where he says, no, it's this cool. guy. This is his handwriting, and the guy says, "That's my handwriting." Yeah, and it's so disturbing. And again, it's so. Calm. I bought that film on Blu-ray because it's one of the best films I've seen. I reckon. Right. But then every time I think, "Oh, I should watch that again," I don't want to do it because <laughs> it's so fucked. No, nah. it's that's a horror on. film.
1: That yeah that 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 sequence in the in the basement mm. where he's like, oh, yeah." His handwriting matches the one on the posters. And the guy's like, oh, I do all the posters. And you're just like, yep. I'm sorry, oh, what? Fuck.
2: And then you hear a creak upstairs. Yep.
1: Yep. yep. And it's then fucked. he gets out and has that panic attack in the street. Yeah,
2: but Tom, I couldn't even breathe then. <laughs> because all he does is go and walk around the corner. And then it's just like a shot of him standing at a corner. I'm like, you Fucking get away? run, dude. You need yeah. to cut away from this yeah. scene so I can breathe again.
0: Fincher, you yeah, dog. It's fucked. It's all fucked. are right, guys. We're getting, we're getting worked up. We're getting rattled. <sighs> Let's go with the other half of that question. What is the most heartwarming scene in a horror movie? Uh, The one that
2: comes to mind for me is in Conjuring 2, it's Patty Wilson singing um, the Elvis Presley song to his wife. It's just beautiful. beautiful. So full of heart. I didn't expect to to love something so much, but I did.
1: Mm -hmm. Tommy Boy? Mine was... um, I was also... Going to pick the same thing, but then mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, that episode hasn't come out yet." So <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert: we, we, we've we've watched we've watched Conjuring too now, guys. Uh, you'll be getting it soon, but yeah. um, yeah, that's that's sort of like a moment of just it's just it's just a really nice moment where you think, "Oh, everything's." It's weird too that out of a film that's probably the most fucked, mm. that's such a nice sequence in it. Yes. Like, but I think the other the other sort of heartwarming scene mm-hmm. that I have is um, the end of Doctor Sleep. Yeah, it sounds weird, but it's where it's where um, Ewan McGregor is talking to Abra, yeah, and she tells her mum that they're not really gone. Like, and you get that nice moment between her and her mum, and it's like all these terrible things have happened, mm. and you just everything's everything's going to be okay.
0: Yes, yeah. I
1: mean, then she has to go into the bathroom and kill Ghost Witch, but otherwise... <laughs> great minds.
0: Otherwise, great minds, Tommy great. boy. Because
2: yeah. I had a second one down and it's also Doctor Sleep, but it's um, it's the bit... It's just like a flashback to young Danny and it's after he's come from the bathroom having put the monster in the box or whatever in his little mind mm-hmm. palace and he just sits back down on the couch and you know gives his mum a hug and they just watch TV and his mum smiles. It's just like the, the way... I just love how much Danny loves his mum. And it's heartwarming Ooh, yeah. and heartbreaking in equal measure. And it's just beautiful. It's gorgeous. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, I had something far more silly, which was when Van Helsing gives the thumbs up in Monster Squad. <laughs> 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 that whole movie. Whole movie. Oh, oh, man. Fuck.
1: That's perfect. I mean, honestly, if I was picking a moment that made my heart sore in a horror movie we watched, it's the bit where Samara Weaving says, I want a divorce. Already- <laughs> yeah, for yeah
2: he that whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. We should watch Monster Squad again.
1: Yeah,
0: we, yeah, yeah, we uh, should. We really should. <laughs> All right, last question for the day. So Darius, uh, and if anyone's listened to our other bonus episodes, Darius actually sent in a very spooky story about uh, his, a haunted panda that his son owned. Oh, yeah. So Darius sent us a question via Twitter, which is, what's the scariest piece of media... You've suffered through that wasn't a movie, be it book, video game, TV, etc. I'm glad he's still alive. That's <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's impressive. Are we sure it's Darius and it's not a ghost panda text emailing us?
2: Imagine that. Fuck it all. There's tonight's nightmare. <laughs> Obvious one for me is Haunting of Hill House. I'll go with television. Yep. Um I think I've talked about it a lot. Mm. I can't remember if I've talked about it a lot on this show or just specifically at Damo. <laughs> um, he's so rattled that he's only watched four eps now.
0: Right. And like, I never really, I never <laughs> figure out if you're talking me into watching it or talking me out of watching it because you seem to vacillate between the two. So I'm just lost and I don't know what to freaking do. <laughs> uh, it's because it's that
2: perfect blend of it's yep. brilliant, one of the best shows I've ever seen, and also the scariest yep. thing I've ever seen. So, um, yeah, it'll make you want to live and make you want to kill yourself. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I'm sorry, but that's yeah, art. That's art, baby. Hey, yeah, that's that's art. I picked a second one, which is a video
2: game, and that's Alien Isolation. Oh, okay. um, played it on. I think I played it on PS3. So this is going back a yeah, yeah. few years. But I played that with headphones on, and it is one of the scariest experiences of my life. Which sounds so dumb because it's just a video <laughs> game, but it's horrifying. Yeah. Have you played it, Tom?
1: Uh, no, no, I have not. Adam used to tease me with it when we lived together a lot.
2: It's I, 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 I've I, I played it for fifteen minutes. <laughs> oh, That's shit. all I ever played it for. <laughs> I couldn't do it anymore. It is so scary. We should Jeez. maybe like play it on Twitch or something if we if we can muster the courage.
0: Yeah, well, we've had a few fans email in asking us, "Are we going to play any horror games?" That might have to be our first one. It's just got maybe
2: it was because I was wearing headphones and just getting the full experience. The sound design is so good. It's Mm. just you walking around the ship, and you're alone, and there's an alien loose, and and yeah, and it's that's Mm -hmm. that's all it is, and it's fucked. It's utterly. I can see you
0: rattled now. Just talking about. Yeah, (laughs) I really am.
2: I'm remembering it, and I don't like it one bit. No, about you,
1: Tommy. Um, (sighs) I got a couple and um, Mm -hmm. video game as well to start with, and I've also got a book. Um so the video game uh, my lovely former housemate Adam has made you me play. You say lovely several like
0: games. you mean the opposite of lovely. Oh <laughs> fuck. So there's a game
1: called uh oh, is it called like Dawn after before dawn? Before yeah. dawn? Something yeah I never one. Something dawn yeah. and it's just like it's fucking awful. It's a it's a horror video game designed mm. to scare you and it sucks. Ugh, no. And then there's a follow-up game from the same studio called Man of Medan, which is also the same thing, and just fucked. Yeah, um, and it's awful, and I hate it. Uh, it's just jump scares, but a video game. Yeah, you know, okay. I don't want that in my life. <laughs> um, and there've been times like playing like Last of Us or Last of Us Two, where there are there are moments where like I'm having a good time, and then like you go into an abandoned building, and then you remember that there's like things that try to kill you in there, and you're like, it's so mm, tense. Why am I it? doing this? There's in the in the Last of Us Two, um, there's New enemies, which are basically like, I can't remember what they call them. They have a name, Runners, I think. Mm-hmm. But basically, what they do is they hide. Oh. So you can't listen for them. Normally, what you can do is you can like crouch and listen out for them. Because that's still. not bad enough already. And then, what they do is if you go close, they run to another room. So, like, oh. and there'll be like a few of them, and you can hear them, and they sneak, like, they, they slowly like, raptor up on you, and then burst through like holes in the wall. It's, it's the. Anytime I play that game and I'm in a room, and there are these like fucking dudes in there. I want to die, and I played a lot of that with headphones in because oh. I, I would be playing it while Adam was streaming in the same room, and that's <laughs> bad.
0: Would you would would your screams cut into his into his uh,
1: streaming? Oh yeah, occasionally he'd be like, "That's Tom. He's playing Last of Us Two. He's dying." <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd have to stop and like go for a little bit of a like walk around the apartment just to get my 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 heart back in order. Mm. And uh, the book actually normally books are pretty safe when I read a book. Yeah. There is one book that I remember. There is a moment in this book. Um where just thinking about it while I'm sitting here, the hairs on the back of my neck go up.
0: Mm.
1: Um the book is House of Leaves. Oh yeah. Um it's a really good book. I uh, by Mark Z. Danieluski, I think is mm-hmm. how you say his name. Um it's a really good book. I reckon you all read it, but basically the premise is it's a story about a, a documentary filmmaker who lives in this house with his family and one day realizes that the house is a foot uh no, an inch three inches bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. And then that turns into a foot bigger. Mm. And then it's three feet bigger. And then one day he finds a corridor that just goes for 10 feet. And, but on the outside of the house, it's a wall. There's no thing. And then over time, this like the corridor gets bigger and there are doors and there's just like little things over and over again. And there's so much dread and there is a sequence in it, which I'm not going to spoil because I want everyone to read, but there is a sequence in it where as I was reading it, it felt like it was happening behind me, and it was awful. Mm. Ah. <laughs> I highly
0: recommend it. Oh, yeah, I'm God. getting, I'm getting shivers just from you describing that. Uh, well, for me, uh, so I've read quite a few sort of more horror comics, um, and there's some there's some real good ones out there. In that they're great pieces of content. Uh, there's also some pretty fucked ones out there. Crossed by Garth Ennis is pretty gross. Ugh. Yeah.
2: I've read, I only read the first volume, which I actually found to be quite good. And then it...
0: I actually, have, I've read the second one because I
2: found that it trailed off. Right. Alan Moore did a crossed that was like yep. set 100 years in the future.
0: And that was just Alan Moore it being gets, disgusting. It gets pretty cooked. Um, but there's some really <laughs> like just genuinely great stories. So like Gideon Falls is one I've read recently by Jeff Lemire. Um, Joe Hill... Obviously, did Lock and Key. He's also had a, his own imprint recently, Hill House Comics, which has a bunch of good horror comics. But the, there's one comic in particular which technically comes, I guess, more from a fantasy comic, which is Sandman by Neil Gaiman. But early on in one of the early editions, I think it's called Twenty Four Hours. There's a scene where I think it's this guy called Doctor D or Mister D or something like that. Basically, he's this he's escaped from Arkham, and he's gotten this Dreamstone, which is Sandman's Dreamstone, that he's trying to come back and with it he can alter kind of reality or he can control people. And he just walks into this diner and we watch 24 hours of him walking into that diner and all the fucked shit he does to the people there to sort of entertain himself. They become like his puppets because he's got this stone. And it starts off pretty innocuous. It's just this little thing here, this little thing there. He's in the background. People kind of like, they're not realizing that they're not leaving the the diner. Like, oh, there's a reason for them to stay. And then after a while, they kind of realize, oh, I missed that job interview I was meant to go on. That was like an hour ago. What, what why am I still here? And then they kind of forget again because he's used the dreamstone, and then it just builds up and builds up until it is just torture. Like there's no other way around it, and it's just that. Sl- and it's again, it's this, it's the dread, it's the, it's the terror. It is the building, the slow build up into this inevitable horror show. And as well as it's like hits all those notes for me. It's that and the lack of control. I think that supernatural without rules. And the first time I read it, which was friggin' a decade ago now, it just was like. Oh, I don't know if I can read the rest of these comics because it freaked me out so much. <laughs> was it in? Was it in an early volume? Was it like volume one, two? Yeah, it's in the first. It's in the first collected
2: volume. Yeah, I have read it. Yep, when I was about seventeen. Yep, and it. And I stopped reading Sandman.
0: Oh, yeah, that was pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> I, I pushed on, and like even recently. So there was a. There's been a really awesome. Um, radio play version of Sandman come out th- through the BBC. And it is awesome. I recommend you listen to it. It's like the first 10 issues or whatever of Sandman. And I listened to it and I loved it. I was so impressed with how they did it because I didn't think they'll be able to pull that off. And then I was, I gave it to my wife, Holly, to listen to And I'm like, so it's really good. I think you're really going to enjoy it. There's just one bit you're going to really can hate, but the rest of it's good. You need to keep going <laughs> on for the rest of it. Because I knew from experience that I hated it. I just was I was so scared of that scene. And then afterwards, it, it goes back to good and whimsy. And, oh, look, Sandman being all dream. <laughs> so, yeah, that would be my one. Nah, that sounds... Yes. Yeah. Uh, no. Good.
1: I'm good. Thanks. i
0: got to be honest with you, I didn't think I was going to get this rattled just from us answering questions. But I'm, I'm actually fucking rattled. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, okay. Um, so, we will do another one of these one time. I'm already regretting it. So, yeah, if you, if you do want to send us a question... You can do so at threescaredboys at gmailtom.com or you can find us on Twitter at Sketty Boys or individually, I'm at Midday Pajamas. I'm at Carney from 55. I'm at awkward Trade. And thanks everyone who did send in questions. Like I said, we've got a whole bunch more, so we'll do another one of these pretty soon. Um, so if you haven't answered your question, we likely will in the next one, but feel free to send through some more for us. Just don't rattle me as much, I guess. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fuck. buddy Sandman. Gaiman, you got a lot to answer for. <laughs> <laughs> Stay
0: scared, everyone. Fuck you. Here's a jump scare.